Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Oh, my God, you guys, it happened again. I unplugged like three things in my studio and now... It, it it I honestly sat down here to record this intro. It is 5 p.m. on Monday, February 6th right now. I sat down at 3.40. Man, let's let's round up and say it was 4 o'clock to record this intro. And and I had a little hum, a little buzz in the background. And it, you know, I, these new mics are sensitive and things like that. It's just a just annoying enough of a little bit. In fact, can you still hear it? I don't know if you can hear it anymore. Maybe it's just my mind going now, but it was annoying. And, you know, a lot of times it's powers, you know, I got power strips, you know, and things like that. And power can do that if you don't have clean power, all this kind of bullshit tech stuff. Or, you know, sometimes it's just some setting on my mixer or something like that. I've spent the last hour and a half trying to fix it. And I was in a really good mood to do this show, and now I'm all pissed off. <sighs> This episode is brought to you by Noon Hydration. <laughs> Brand new sponsored. I just screwed it up. You guys, Noon Hydration is um, uh, kind of come on on and, and helping things out and doing some fun stuff with us. Um, if you haven't had Noon, N-U-U-N, go to NoonLife.com and check out all the stuff they have. You guys, not only is this company believe in me, but I know I can now believe in them. You guys, they have cocktail recipes that you can make with the Noon tablets. I haven't tried any yet, but I'm I'm thinking it might have to be a new thing in regards to this podcast. Noon hydration, all different kinds of flavors. Um, it, honestly, it was one of the things that definitely got me through Leadville last year, and I I wasn't even in bed with them at the point in time. So I'm a firm believer their stuff. It tastes great. Their energy stuff gets me through the day, even when I'm not working out. So noonlife.com, noon hydration. Thank you guys. Let's do the Pack Filler podcast. I can hear the buzz now. I can hear it. Damn it. 
what it is. I know exactly what it is. I had a friend of mine who's on the show today tell me that he thought the audio quality was really good on this podcast. And now this shit. I'm on to you, man. I am on to your ass. No, I can't say that. That sounds gross. No, fuck it. No, no, no. Hi, you guys. Welcome to the podcast. The only podcast that can never and will never get it right. In the Pack Filler Studios, I'm Pat Bolger. How are you guys? It's coming from my computer. See, it's gone. It just kicked out all the audio from my computer. I think it's coming from the computer. I think it's time that I put the old Apple iMac to rest. I've had my eyes on a new one. It's a beautiful one. But uh, anyway, I digress. Welcome to the podcast, you guys. I'm Pat Bulger. It's It's been a short amount of time, and I've got some frustrations to take out, but I will probably hold that off for another episode because... This was a this was one that uh, that that definitely ran into the long uh, in terms of an interview and it's it's kind of funny because I think the guy who I had on, have on this episode is one who had always come on and told me that sometimes my shows run too long, so there you go. Before we get to the show though, um, I do have to say that I finally I finally settled on on something to do, you guys. I finally settled on something to do to shoot for this year. And um, you might want to start buying water and toilet paper and stocking them up because, believe it or not, is going to involve the most disgusting sport on the face of the earth. It is, yep, it's going to involve running. No, I'm not going all triathlete on you. Don't worry. I am going to try the duathlon, though. I am. I've decided I'm going to try it. It's um, it's just down the road here, not too, well, not too far, uh, in Bend, Oregon. It is the Duathlon National Championships. I think it's nationals. Anyway, it's a big, big deal, and you can go and you can sign up. You can do it. It's run, bike, run, and I'm, I'm going to see what I can do. And it's draft legal, drop bars. Maybe some of the dorkness factor will be gone. We're going to have to see, but I'm going to give it a shot in June. And so I started training about... Well, I've been I've been writing. I've been I've been actually getting some out outdoor work in, even though most of it's been indoor. But I've been writing and I've been doing some some training stuff like that. It was just about a week ago I finally made this decision and am now actually running. It's not a pretty sight, you guys. It's it's ugly. The first time I did it, I did three miles, and the next day I was walking like I had a, not only a two by four stuck up my ass, but one duct taped to each thigh. So it was not a pretty thing, and I'm getting a little bit more comfortable, a little bit better with it, because of the nature of that event in itself. I'm gonna have to, you know, I'm gonna have to work on getting fast for short distances, and we'll have to see how that all turns out. I don't know; it could be pretty funny, and and I think there are enough people I've interviewed in Bend. Maybe they can all come out and laugh at me. Um, so, Karsten, if you're listening, you've got to do it too. That's Karsten, producer Karsten Hagen. So, uh, so there we go. Uh, I did mention that uh, in, in one of my goals that I was thinking about going and riding all the passes in France, you know, all the big climbs and stuff like that. And Mark Hodgson clearly stated in his highly, highly unqualified opinions that going down in there in the summer is going to be the greatest idea. I have heard from so many of you guys. Thank you guys for the feedback. I've heard from people saying, do not go down there in summer. The cost is high. The roads are crazy. Unless you have a car behind you, you are taking your life into your hands. So... I'm, I'm, 
I'm postponing that trip for a year. I had another friend come in and tell me, hey, man, I can't afford to go this year, but I'll go with you next year. And he's a great guy. Paulie, if you're listening, I think I'm on. I think we're going to do it. And I think it'd be a great trip. It'd be fun. You have to figure out lodging. You have to figure out the time of year to go so it's not too insane. And you have to figure out probably a sag wagon. Somebody with you behind you at least to... And, and I, I need more of your opinions on this. Somebody behind you to at least kind of slow traffic down so they're not coming by you. You know, last thing I want to do is go out there on my own and just, you know, last time we saw him, he was riding towards, you know, Altuez. Probably better that I didn't ride it anyway. So so that trip's, that trip's going to be postponed for a year. But I, I think I'm going to work on that. Right now it's the Duathlon Nationals, and I've been doing a lot of Zwifting. If you guys know what Zwifting is, um, oh, you're probably listening to the Zwift podcast, which is another one. I'm not going to endorse it, even though I kind of know the guy who does it. Um, I've been doing some of that, and they, if, you, if you're involved in Zwift, you actually get to do the races. These are about 18, maybe 20-mile races, and they are, it's an interesting experience. I highly encourage it if you're, if you're bored, if, you, if you're on Zwift and, you have, and you're trying to figure out a way to get through the winter like I am. It's a really interesting process. You basically go, you click on the race and you say which category, A, B, C, or D, you're going to be involved in. I get involved in C, my first one, just because I'm like, I don't know, fuck, you know, these guys could be dopers. And, you know, and so, so I get in and unbeknownst to me, you, you, you can warm up while you're at the start line, your virtual start line. And so you got your guy there. And if you start riding, which is kind of odd that a trainer would click onto your virtual guy while you're on a trainer in the real world, heavy shit, you know, it's matrix kind of stuff. But, um, what you do is you actually got to get going and get your legs fresh and then get up to a speed because the countdown hits and everybody must be at like Mach 3,500 watts just burning it out the door because they flew off that line so fast. It took me quite a while to get, you know, at least locked into a group that I could race with. But it's great. It's a really fun format. Um, you just, you know, if you get dropped, you, you ride with the group you're with. If you are one of those guys who's completely sandbagging and it shows in your stats, it'll bump you up to the next category, which is kind of great because for those, you know, those posers who are just going, oh, I'm the dominant of the C group while the rest of us are just barely hanging on, it kicks those assholes out and makes them go race with the Bs or the As or makes them actually get a wheel that has only one computer sensor on it or something like that but um i I recommend it if you guys haven't had a chance to do it it, it's fun and i am not being paid a penny by zwift speaking of being paid by well kind of pactimo you guys if you haven't been to the packfiller.com website uh click on their link they've got all kinds of clothing deals and stuff like that that are great great sales from uh winter clothes that they're trying to probably blow out the doors right now to uh, new stuff that'll come on for the spring. So thank you guys for being involved. Pactimo, P-A-C-T-I-M-O. Go on the link, go on packfiller.com and click on that. Click, click, click on that bad boy. And finally, um, I guess that's it. My show today, a friend of mine, good friend of mine. He's been on the show a long uh, while ago. Um, he's, uh, I, I consider him a, a pretty well-educated guy in terms of the sport itself, well, in terms of life itself. 
And um, he's always there with plenty of attitude to knock me down when I'm feeling good about myself. And he's always there to to bash on the podcast in any way, shape, or form, which instantly makes him a pretty good guy in my book. And he's got a great, vast experience in road racing, and he's got a lot of opinions on where road racing is go is going. And I have had a lot of chats with him, mostly online and sometimes face to face, and um, and I think they're pretty valid what he thinks. And so I asked him a couple weeks ago. I said, Ted, you got to get in here. You you got to come into the studio again, and we got to talk about where. The fate of road racing is going. And so without further ado, I have my good friend, the great Ted Chauvin, cancer survivor, grumpy, bastard, opinionated, awesome guy on the Pack Filler Podcast. Hey, everybody. Today's guest has actually been on the show before. Quite some time ago, however, I can't remember what room we were in at the time. He'll probably correct me on it. But to uh, make things official, he's the vice president's uh, vice president, results coordinator, and East Region director for the Washington State Bicycle Association. Uh, don't get me started on how cheesy that organization's name is, because I think it could be different. But anyway, we'll go on to that. On top of that, he's a pretty fast cyclist, opinionated online grump, which is a term of endearment and a high critic of this very podcast. So uh, I'd like to welcome back to the show my uh, my friend, Ted Chauvin. How are you, man? Doing well, Pat. Good to be back. <laughs> Good. Hey, wait, where was it? Was it in that other room? That it we was were in the other room. In? I yeah. think you made a comment that we were we were just like amateurs focused around a card table That's or something That's pretty much like what it was, and there was a drum set. Was the drum set in there? I think there was a drum set. Oh, shit. Or at least I'm saying there was. I still have it. I don't play it. That's... <laughs> Isn't that what it's a drum just, is? It's, it's one of those things that makes me feel cool. Like I'm holding on to my youth because it's like, dude, I play the drums. Man, you play the drums? Yeah. yeah. I was in a band, man. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, okay. And, and when we do these kind of things and, you know, depending on the level of, of, of fame or something like that, we have to justify the upcoming statements and, and give listeners an idea of of why you have your statements and your opinions so we need a little background and so for the people who didn't listen to the last show um give me a brief reader's digest version of the ted chauvin cycling career or history uh, really bad mid-pack cyclist you know i would always <laughs> say i was like plus or minus a standard deviation so always a always a lifelong cat three and i've kind of never wanted to do any more than that because the amount of training I had to do to become a mid-pack Cat 3 was, yeah. was uh, there was effort involved. So I knew if I ever went further than that, it would take away from life. But I loved the sport. <clears throat> and then, uh, when was it? It was like 2010. I got hit by a car. Got pretty messed up. Oh, couldn't, couldn't race that year, let alone ride. But the WSBA needed a results coordinator. So I was in charge of taking, at that time, online results weren't as good. So we'd have to like grab them from people and put them into a little database yeah. and then get them published because people want to see, hey, I got 33rd. <laughs> and trust me, you get emails. You're putting it on your, you, yeah. you get emails. Hey, man, I think I was 32nd, not 33rd. And it's like, <laughs> dude, oh, dude no one cares. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, and, but, but I started doing that. And then a position opened in the East region. So that's is pretty much anything east of the Cascades. And we just, I just kind of sit on the board and, and bounce ideas back and forth with people. But I kind of liked having 
a voice of it. In that time, I was one of the only people on the board who actually still raced. So they kind of valued my opinion. And then kind of worked my way up. And we and we got a new president a couple of years ago for the WSBA, Gina Kavesh. And she has done amazing things for the WSBA that um, is great because she's brought in a lot of money and sponsorship, which is necessary yeah. since our numbers are dwindling well, yeah. very fast. So she asked me to be the vice president. So there's actually recognition over here. So before, there really wasn't. Like it, it was very Seattle centric. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, our scene over here has also gotten smaller the last few years, like everyone else's have. So our voice doesn't matter as much. Well, okay. And and have you officiated? Have you done any? I, of that? I did some that? officiating. Um, and got an email about it today, whether or not I'm going to officiate again. <laughs> and I don't think I will this year, yeah. just because I'd like to try to race again. Okay. But I did do some officiating, and I did promote a few races over the years, too. So I did a cyclocross race in Pullman, which was pretty big at the time. Like, at the time, it was the biggest one that we ever had. And then that season, that's when cross took off. And then I used to do a hill climb and a time trial on the same day, early March. And that actually was pretty successful, considering it was a hill climb and a time yeah. trial. Like why those two events i mean i know why i promoted it it was easy and then uh i was the washington state university cycling president for a while oh, okay and brought back a race on the palouse that they still use for the championship race for the the collegiate conference oh wow and that's still running in the palouse so i mean I, I've, I've done pretty much anything that there is Enough that I feel like I can be opinionated about it. <laughs> Enough. Have you ever promoted a race? Go. Actually, yeah. I have yes. promoted a race. Actually, I have officiated. Yeah. You know, yeah. and fine, it's like in, in trinkets here and there, but it's more than most people did. And that's kind of what I said in that comment. You know, yeah. If you bring up that comment, I said yeah. I think there's a lot more that all of us can do for cycling and bike, more or less bike racing. Yeah. That we don't do well. Okay, let's let's jump into that then. You and I have been around the sport for is a while. Do you have notes? I have. I take notes for everyone. Oh my god! You think I'm just making this shit up oh, on the go? This is I'm that's impressive. Prepared. Two pages, bitch. Oh my god! There's one line on the other page. <laughs> there but is still. It's yeah, two pages, and I write an extremely huge font. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like eighteen yeah, it's point like font. Donald Trump notes <laughs> in crayon. Oh, I'm I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, we've both been around for a long time. We've seen the rise in popularity. We've seen um, the introduction of mountain biking into the sport. We've seen how that created booms. We've seen drops in in um, uh, group sizes due to whatever it may be. Um, but, and you and I have had these online discussions about the state of road cycling. Um, it, especially, I guess, I, and maybe you can help me because you know more about the, the state of Washington and if that is representative of an area, a larger happening across the country. Um, what's going on, in your opinion? What's happening? We see, we're seeing a drop we, in numbers. Yeah, we are just in a huge valley right now. And, and, you know, everything's in peaks and valleys and we, this is, this is bad, yeah. right? I mean, this is, yeah. this is late eighties bad, maybe not even late eighties, maybe, maybe mid early to mid nineties bad. Yeah. So when mountain biking boomed, right? Yeah. Cause when mountain biking boomed in the early nineties and I'm talking millions of dollars were put in, that's, uh, that's, that's my dog. That's your dog's awesome though. It's happy. Oi! Shut it. Anyway, so um, I, I think that's part of it. And, and th what are the reasons for it? I don't know. You know, I, I think one of the biggest reasons is we don't have a hero. Yeah. You know, and yeah. the, when we lose the, I don't, everyone hates Lance and I get it. 
why people do, but but in 2000, 2001, you would show up at a spring race and there'd be 90 guys in the yeah. Cat 3 field. Yeah. And that doesn't happen anymore. And and we can, you know, as soon as he went away and as soon as he got busted, everything's really gone yeah. away. And, and you, we like to talk about the juniors too. And back then in the early 2000s, there weren't a lot of junior fields either. So we didn't, we weren't building off the junior fields. I, I, I disagree with some people. I think junior racing is great. But that's not the future of our sport. The future of our sport is that 28-year-old who it is. finally yeah. has some disposable income uh, yeah. that he can play with. And Well, yeah, and I've, I've, t- I've tried to categorize this into three theories of what I think is going wrong. And you might, and, and it sounds like you're saying, I see, I'm seeing a lot of the same races, the same people, and the same schedule, so to speak. There's not, um, you know, I... Even, well, I'll get into the death of weekend racing that you and I have talked about, but I'll go to a race and it, okay, I did this race last year. It's the same people I'm competing against um, on the same course that I've done for the last seven or eight years. And then if there's a new race the following weekend, people are like, yeah, but I don't know what that new race is. And no one shows up to that. So it's it's just, it's so it's a hard, like you want that excitement. Yeah. And then as a promoter to actually put forth the energy, and we saw this in Seattle, the Seattle area this year, and I shouldn't say the Seattle area because as my friends over there like to tell me, Tacoma is not the Seattle area, dude. Oh, God. Tacoma or or, or like Centralia is not, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like like Squim is not the Seattle area. I'm like, I got to drive five hours. It's the Seattle area. But anyways, um, (laughs) so, so, but, but Pialop put on a crit and it was a great crit and the turnout was horrible, I guess, for what the quality was and the prize money and all that. So we're, we're traditionalists. Okay. We are, and cycling has its stupid traditions. Yeah. And a lot of it is that we just stick to our races that we know. And the calendar gets very bland and boring. Yeah. Now our calendar this year, meaning our Northwest calendar, um, shrinking dramatically in Oregon, Obra has lost most of their March races and some of their April races, um, which is sad. <clears throat> and then in Washington, we've lost a couple, but gained a couple too. Like it sounds like the Wenatchee area is going to do some more stuff. So I think it's kind of good that we're seeing some new blood come in. Yeah. Can you attribute that here? We're talking about, you're saying the, where the growth or where the, I see where the current populace of, of, of road racing is, is in this, uh, for lack of a better non, you know, offensive term. It's middle-aged white guys, oh, yeah, um, and with disposable income, and it almost seems like a lot of these middle-aged white guys with their disposable income can race for a certain amount of time, and then They're, summer takes over. They got soccer games yep. to go to and all that kind yep. of shit. And yep. so all these middle summer races are disappearing. Yeah, those, so and that's the thing too. It's like the. <laughs> You know, family's like, yeah, it's March, it's raining, go ahead, go race. Yeah, ski, yeah. Ski, ski season's over. Yeah. Go ahead, go race in March and April. Kids are out of school. We got things to do. So when you have that that population, that family, that's what happens. You know, so why why do, don't here in the Northwest, we race in June and July or July and August when the weather's the best? Yeah. Because people are doing stuff with their families. And, and that is, end of story, that's what it is. And you can't, how can you change that? So as a promoter... If I'm going to promote a race, if I was going to put a race on in the state of Washington, okay, in, in the Spokane area, yeah, I would do it in April or beginning of May, and that would be it, because after that point, <laughs> no one's going to show up. 
But what about when we look at multi-sport events and fondos where everybody's showing up in the middle of summer all year long? I know you're rolling your eyes. Everybody's rolling his eyes because multi-sport and fondos are still growing. Yeah, the, I think the multi-sport's down, though. I think really? overall the, the numbers are down for that. The numbers are down even for those if stupid... If it is, it's a trickle, probably. Those mud runs are down, oh. too, like that kind of stuff. So yeah. we, we're just... Don't get me started on the color yeah, runs. I, I, but, but that stuff is up. <laughs> it's just... Because, because it's because, a fucking promenade. But it's a family thing. So I, our, our neighbors went, and they're like, oh, we took the kids here, and it yeah. was great. And I was like, what? Yeah. You know, and then I, I got to get out of that competitive mode and be like, yeah. okay... This you paid forty bucks, and or you got the Groupon or whatever. But you, <laughs> but but um, going back to what you said, which I don't remember what it was. I was talking about multi-sport and fondos oh, yeah, and how they're yeah. growing in the middle of so summer. So it's a different group. I think part of it really it's a different group. And then the fondos, it's the fondos are are the half marathons of cycling, right? So everyone who runs, I'm a runner. You know, yeah. everyone's like, I'm, a, I'm a wait, runner. I, 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 I yeah, like I, people are like I'm a runner, and and yeah. it's like you can go do a half marathon. You get your medal. You yeah. can run it at your pace with your friends. You can act like you did something fun. And it doesn't matter where <laughs> you... You don't get dropped, right? Yeah. And that's what fondos are. And I, I'm starting to understand the appeal for people. You know, I don't get it. But bike racing is just hard and demoralizing. And, yeah. And, and uh, you know, are we a bunch of wusses now? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. And I also think, you know, as people, you know, when you have a two-year-old kid, I don't have children, but when you have a two-year-old kid, you can train a little bit more. Yeah. If you have a nice wife and you can go out and do stuff. When you have an eight-year-old kid, what are you going to do? To your kid? Hey, check you later. I'm going to be gone for five hours while yeah. I ride my bike around. It doesn't, you know this. No, probably. absolutely. It, yeah. It doesn't work well, you yeah. know, unless you're an asshole and don't care about your kids. Yeah, screw it. <laughs> yeah, and then you're going to be divorced eventually yeah, and you'll exactly. have to, you know, and your kid will hate you and, he'll, to... and your kid will hate bikes then. Yeah. So don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> you sell your bike because you got to pay child support. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think, I mean, I, I don't know why the numbers get better here, but or during bike racing numbers go down and the multi-sport events go up. I mean, you're yeah. right. They do. They do go, compared to bikes. But I've seen from the multi-sport events I attend, um, I've seen there is a drop. There has been a drop in numbers, but it's not so noticeable that uh, some of the major events are closing we, that, or shutting down. Yeah, that's that's true. And we're seeing that in road cycling. And um, actually, I'm not going to lie. And mountain bike racing is seeing a dip, too. Um, you know, I'm, if I see kids, I'm seeing them more on their mountain bikes. Um, is, do you, from your experience and what maybe you, discussions you had with the WSBA, is this, is this, a, an indication of a larger problem happening around the U S or is it just predominantly it's, what we're seeing? No, it's around the U S it is. I mean, numbers are down and I think people are recognizing that. And now we're trying to get creative. Like, what do you do? Yeah. What do you do to recruit people to a race? You know, and you, and going back to those running events, yeah. you get more than just running in an event, and that's I think people like that. Hey, yeah, look, yeah. there's there's we're gonna do a raffle, and you might win something like this, or you might do, you know, here's a medal, and people love medals. I I've run oh, yeah. I've run Boston twice. I don't even know where my medals are. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's what I think of medals. I don't really care about that but other people do yeah and you don't get anything at a bike race it's like oh you want a rate you want a cat three race man here is a bottle of ultragen it's like yeah Great, thanks but you don't care because you're like i want a bike race and that's yeah. not easy to do and and 
you know, no one care, thinks about winning a half marathon. So I think those are events yeah. where cycling, you roll up, you pay your fee, you get your number, you pin it on, you spin around a little bit, warm up, and you go out, you finish, you talk a little bit, and you leave. Yeah. And that's not what happens. At, I mean, you work these multi-sport events. People yeah. stick around. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's an all-day thing. It's a social event, and you don't get that with cycling as much, except within your little click of friends or yeah. whatever, you know? So Now, um, there's also that element, that especially my example that I've used before is you've got somebody new to the sport. I remember a, a kid who was getting involved. I was coaching him for a short amount of time. I don't know where he is now because he showed up to a crit, paid his entry fee, uh, a large amount of money, got in the crit. Three laps later, he was dropped. Five laps later, he was pulled. Yeah. And um, how demoralizing is that? Let's. I mean, even in a road race, if I did a road race and it's not a crit and I'm not going to get pulled, I get dropped by the pack. My day's over. Yeah, it's not fun. It's in, <laughs> Yeah, in a in a running race, and I hate to say it, even in a Fondo, you can go at your own pace. You're trying to challenge. You're getting to a point. You, I guess, you're getting cookies along the way, but it it they're two different beasts. You're not, well, it, it's it's cyclocross and mountain bike. That's why those work. Yeah, that's why those work over road cycling. Yeah. So it's and it's and don't get me started on the tactical elements. And it's but I think road racing, and you may disagree or agree with this. If you have a field of 80, it's a hell of a lot easier to hide. Yeah, if you your know what fitness, you're doing. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus a field of 30 or 20 or oh, 50, shit, yeah. 10, which yeah. is what, what we have around here now. And it's like, that's not fun, you know. And and, and now as my fitness has waned and all that, <laughs> I understand that more. It's not fun for me to go to a race where there's 30 people. It's just not what it used to be. So. I'm part of the problem now because I'm not showing up either. Oh, I've stopped showing up. And I've, I've said that before. I, I'm having a tough time finding motivation to road race again. I don't want to do a Fondo, especially a Fondo around here, because no offense to my friends who put on Fondos, uh-huh. I've ridden these roads. Yes. I know these areas. And, and I don't necessarily want to pay a lot of money to ride a route that you know. ride on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I, I want to find something that is strenuous, that's enduring. Not necessarily endurance, but I'd I'd love to do something that's a challenge. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to do the same Tuesday night race anymore. No, and, and that's like the that I'm in that same boat. Yeah. And people, my, you know, I have a lot of friends who are newer to the sport, and they're like, "Oh, why aren't you racing?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, I've done it's that. Boring. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I've done that, and I did that for 15 years. Yeah. All the time, and and it gets old. Is there something beyond road race time trial crit that can be? I mean, it have are we not thinking outside the box? Yeah, maybe we should do like enduro road cycling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like, just like yeah, you got to like jump parking blocks and your, you know. Here's, and, no, no, just think about this. Like we could ride flat someplace, and then you get to the descent, and we'll time you there. Oh shit! And then the next like segment would actually be a flat section that we'll time you on. Yeah, I'm kidding. This is and a then terrib- a climb. This is a terrible idea. Don't but, they do that within a fondo anyway? Don't they have some well, kind they of sections? Have, that, some of that. Some people do that kind yeah. of stuff, but they yeah. use Strava to like track it. It's like really that's oh, not fuck. like yeah. yeah and and yeah <laughs> and then on top of it we're looking at this problem where um, promoters you've you've promoted you've put on your own races um, the cost the time and the the return on that are completely skewed in the wrong direction yeah so it's cheaper to put on a fondo than a road race no shit because fondo you are not 
you don't have to deal with traffic, right? You're supposed to follow the rules of the road. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're telling the state, and the state's like, okay, so you only need this permit, this kind of insurance. You put on a road race, and you have a stop sign. Well, you have to run that stop sign. Yeah. Everything changes. Your promoting costs just went up, like, through the roof. So so this is a – whereas in (laughs) – like the state of Idaho, it doesn't matter. You can just do whatever. So, but in our particular state, to promote a road race is much more expensive than promoting a fondo. And, and that's dealing with this this recent car insurance thing, or is that now that that stuff isn't recent? That but, law has really? been on the book for, for like fifteen years. Oh shit! It just hasn't been enforced. Exactly. Oh god. Now they've started to enforce it. So everyone thought this was like a USAC WSBA thing. It's like yeah. no, this is a WSDOT thing. Okay. So, yeah, for those of you who aren't in the state, it's just, it's what every other state has to deal with. I mean, yeah. California deals with it too. You go look at California, there's very few road races. It's all parking lot crits. Yeah. Because it's easier to put on. So, from a promoter's aspect, and then you get someone, you get someone who promotes races, and then you have someone complaining, oh my God, I paid $80. Yeah. And this was terrible. This was terrible. Screw this. And the promoter's <laughs> like, dude, I'm not making a lot of money on this you know it's it's for the time that people put in no and promoters should make money like promoters if you put on a road race hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A a good-sized road race, you should be clearing a couple grand because it takes that much work to do it. Yeah, and if you're not, if you're not, I don't blame you at all for not doing it. And that's my problem locally, and even across the state and the region, is we've gone away from clubs putting things on. So that that has died. Yeah, I remember that used to be a mandatory thing. Exactly. When they waived that, I think that was a problem. And now you have clubs with like 15 people on it. They're like, oh, we're not big enough to put a race on. So then they will help other people. So there's like a few main promoters in the state, and they do a good job. And without them, we'd be screwed. But the clubs don't do it anymore, you know, <clears throat> except Audi cycling out of Seattle. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and garage cycling, you know. I mean, the, we work with another team, and we do two races, and that money goes back into our club coffers. So it's not – but that's that's rare. Yeah. You know, and locally, there is a team that – or two teams that do that here. Yeah. You know, well, we had more – when we yeah. had Spokane Rocket, which yeah. was a you know for people who were not in Spokane or in Washington, they had no clue what we're talking about. But I'm sure they all have those specific clubs who kind of yeah. held that mantle and and kept things going. And then as that goes away, then you have nothing. And then all of a sudden, people are like, oh, I have a bike race. I put something on Facebook, and we're going to meet here and yeah. then race to that. And it's like that's not a race. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like I, I think it's great that we're doing a group ride. We're doing a fondo, I guess. But yeah, uh, it's like yeah, it's not a race. So, but yeah, that's something I think that if, if I could fix it. 
my solution would be if you have a club, you either put a race on or you're penalized like 500 bucks. Yeah. And that goes somewhere. What do you think about um, in terms of a big thing I, I've always had a problem with is this has got to be outside of ski racing, one of the most expensive sports in the world. Um, I, I just, unless you're auto racing or something crazy like that. But, or you're into like horses. Yeah. Like if yeah. you have a do- daughter who wants to. Okay. It's not the most expensive, <laughs> but it's a really fucking expensive sport. It is, it but is. you know, when you're looking at getting into, uh, okay, I've got a kid who expressed interest in cycling or I've expressed interest in cycling. Okay. I need a, I need a halfway decent bike. One that they're not going to laugh at. Um, I just sad, but true. It is like, like you really do. Need, yeah. But, but, but Okay. Just gonna interject. Cycling shirts are two hundred bucks for Christ's sake. Just just interjecting here. So so collegiate racing yeah. is an awesome way to start because that pretension is gone. Like Well, I was the, gonna bring up elitism here too. Yeah, so yeah. But, yeah, okay. But the pretension that is in cycling in general is pretty much gone in collegiate racing. Really? Like everyone is just like rah rah, this is great. We're all having fun. And there's multiple categories. So the fast guys are like one twos, but they yeah. race in their own category. And then you have people who just go out. So many years ago um, after I got out of the collegiate scene, Mara Abbott was down at Whit- Whitman, Whitman College yeah. out of Walla Walla. <laughs> and she was a swimmer and she started racing <laughs> on this clunky, clunky old bike, you know, and she just killed everyone. One conference just did great. And then, uh, we were at the Mount Hood cycling classic, which was a great race. Great race. And, uh, multiple st- day stage race. The pro women were there, the pro men and my wife was a cat one at the time or still is, but she was, she was starting and she was sick. She was fighting a cold and she was going to go do the nature Valley grand prix like the next oh, weekend and, and wasn't feeling good. I and mean, there was a time trial. <laughs> Mar Abbott started behind her and we didn't really know who she was. And she was on this like clunky old Cannondale or something like that. And she just blew by Allison. Allison's just like, screw this. She's like, I shouldn't even go to the nature Valley. I'm like, you're sick. Just, you know, DNF the race. She's like this girl, you know, and it was like the bike didn't matter. Yeah. And she and, and Mara Abbott had no idea how good she was at that time. And she went on to, yeah, well, we all know what yeah, happened with yeah. her. But, but she got into it through collegiate cycling, which is the non-pretentious, non-elite way to get into it. Our problem is keeping those people hooked. Yeah. That's the, like if we could somehow tap into that group, I think we could get some more people involved. Because usually what happens is the collegiate race for three or four years and they're like, okay, I gotta go work now and get fat on yeah. burgers because I'm 23 years old. I don't know how to really cook for myself. So yeah, I, you yeah. know, and I'm partying now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, like life happens in that range. So, yeah, complete interjection there. But no, you're you're right on, and and that that is a great place to do it. But um, I, dealing with these, it, you're saying it's not, you know, it's not necessarily the bike. But just getting going, getting no, you're right. the foundation started is so crazy. Yeah, and it's it it really is because and I, I want mom, I want to be a bike racer. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the bike shop. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow, there's nothing in here for under eight hundred bucks. Yeah. And an eight hundred dollar bike. Shit. If, if, as soon as you start riding an eight hundred dollar bike, if you rode it a few thousand miles in a summer, it'd be destroyed. Yeah. The frame wouldn't be, but the components would. Yeah. So then you gotta. And then you start putting stuff on, and then your mom's like, they, they're, they're going to tell you, and your mom's going to be like, well, how much is a new one? The, the bike shop guy's going to be like, well, it'd probably be better if you just bought a new bike. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they're like, oh, it's two grand. Oh, my God. You know? Yeah. And then you're, you're into it so far you can't yeah. even breathe. Yeah. Um, it's just, I. But you I, can't get rid of that wall. Like, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, I think what happened was, and I worked in 
the bike industry for 10 years yeah. and and you could see what was happening was those lower margin the bikes all bikes are like on a 30 33% margin yeah. so you're not making money on the bike really cuz you have to put it together take care of it and all that and and by that point you could see the margins were so small Shit. on that lower end stuff that the industry started catering like started coming up with higher end things this is my theory Okay. So then all of a sudden, and then it's like, okay, if you get 33% margin on a $4,000 bike, you're making yeah. more money than a $150 or $200 bike. Yeah. So those family kind of shops went away and, and, uh, yeah, you're, there are no more local Schwinn outlets. No, exactly. Outlets and, and it was, and, but that's what got me into it. Like yeah. when I got into it, my first nice bike was a Schwinn and then I upgraded to a Schwinn Paramount, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and that was, that was expensive. Like to go from where I was at to a Paramount was huge money, but there was such a difference, but it was okay to be on that $500 Schwinn. You were <laughs> on that, what were they, like the prologues or something like that with the lower end I Schwinn's. was even, I was even lower than that. Oh, I was really? on like a, oh, it wasn't a circuit. It was a prelude. Okay. You know, and it was, it was like this, <laughs> and, and then there was like the prologue. Yeah. And then to jump up from a prologue to a, to, to a, a Paramount. Paramount was yeah. even more, and and you had in you know Nishiki had the same thing, yeah. and Miata and all these other brands that don't even aren't even around. Yeah, anymore. I was on a Fuji. Just yeah, start. yeah. So and then Peugeot, yeah. So yeah, shit. But 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 those you could do that now. You can't. Yeah, so, you could piece it piece up and and start going and building. You couldn't sell your old shit. Nobody ever wanted any of that. No, you just no. end up giving it away, yeah. or like me, have a basement full of it. <laughs> Which I honestly, I have always thought it'd be really cool if there was some sort of a, a viable exchange program where I could take this steel choach I have downstairs and, and just give it to a kid. Yeah. and you know, He see. could make a great fixie out of it. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> he fucking made neon wheels on it and he'd you know, <laughs> grow a beard and wear one of those stupid hat, bowler hats. Be and, like, great, you just made a... You made a hipster. Yeah. Good, yeah. good job, Yeah, Matt. you just ripped the soul out of that bike. <laughs> if that bike could talk to me in, in horrible Italian, just the key to me. Yeah, just fucking destroy it. Um, and you know what? I also have a, a question, too. And, you know, I hear we're getting... I don't think we're going to find a, a solution for any of the problems that we're talking no, we're about actually, we, we just like to agree with each other right here. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. We're right. That's great. We're <laughs> fucked. Yeah. Um, now I also have a theory too, and 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 I don't know if this is the case. You know, especially being a guy who's in a high school environment all the time, um, I don't know if I could say it's a societal thing, but where you've got number one, you've got kids at a young age who have to pick a sport. Hey Johnny, if you want to be in the NBA, you got to start playing basketball, and you got to play basketball spring, summer, winter, fall, yeah, and that's it. Breathe. Yeah basketball travel traveling leagues are awful my kid just got out of soccer yeah um was he he, he happy to get out of it by the end he was overjoyed (laughs) his mom and i were are going through withdrawals (laughs) we are it's so weird because we're not like god we don't have to go someplace this weekend what are we going to do talk um but it's and it's it's that thing where they got to pick a sport and and my son, we were on this concept that's like, okay, he's, he wants to play soccer. He wants to be great at soccer. Do you want to go to the next level? Okay, yeah. Okay, we'll do that. Want to go to the next? Okay. And you got to play spring, summer, school ball. You got to do this fall and winter training. And that's it. That's the only sport you can do. Um, and and cycling is never going to come into that picture. Yeah. Unless you've got those cross-country runners who are kind of mutants who do stuff in the off season. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, that's my first problem that I see with kids. And then the second thing, thing I see, and by the way, don't blame millennials, people. Oh, yeah, blame no, the no. parents of millennials. Yeah, <laughs> I am the parent of a millennial, and, and this little, you know, everybody gets a trophy shit is everybody's going, oh, millennials are such pussies. Well, guess what? You're their dad, yeah. so you read yeah, millen- Millennials didn't. Didn't they had no idea what they, they didn't were doing. ask for this? Yeah, no. no it, it, it. I think that's a really good thing. It's. It's like people our age were like, "Well, I want little Johnny to to be the best." Yeah. So therefore, I'm going to tell him the best and make up a bunch of contrived crap so yeah. he is the best. And and once again, don't have a parent. Yeah. I, I mean, I do don't have, have kids. Don't have yeah. kids. And and I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really. And I I teach you know medical students, and I yeah. I. So it's a different breed of student, but they're Merlin. Yeah. <laughs> Another beer, please. I'm not editing. Um, um, <laughs> they're mil- millennials as well, but it's a different breed. You know, they are yeah. not the raw, you know, give me something. So I think there there are like that, but I, I completely agree with you that millennials are not the problem. Like, it, and they're, if anything, what they didn't have instilled in them was competition, and you yeah. lo- and you lose sometimes, and life is about losing more than winning. Absolutely, and, and and losing sucks. And actually, I think I think it's great because <laughs> because sci- I'm a scientist, and the more often you do experiments, the more they fail. So. Like to me, a bike race was nothing. I got dropped. No big deal. It's just like yeah. life. You know. See, that doesn't happen though. And I mean, yeah. it, I'm you're never gonna walk up to somebody. Hey, buddy, good race. You got shelled. Yeah. You know, you, you, Where were you, dude? Yeah. Did yeah. you see that attack? Oh, that's yeah. right. You weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, no, I remember that. I remember yeah. getting my balls busted by teammates that way. Yeah. But I I don't think I could ever walk up to my son and say, "Boy, you got your ass kicked today." No, yeah. He's gonna be eighteen in a couple months. Yeah. But, yeah. But I don't know if I've ever said that to him. <laughs> Fuck. I'm a terrible parent. <laughs> but. <laughs> Shit, but and now we've got this concept of of a fondo or a multi sport event or these other types of events where you do get that medal, you do get rewarded. It continues that mentality. Okay, and now we're we're talking about the death of a sport that doesn't reward. Yeah, what's the solution? Fuck, I you mean, know? yeah, I mean that's that's because I don't ever want it to change, but I think what we need to do is somehow and this is the societal thing so we can't do this but but it's okay to lose it's yeah. okay and it should make that time that you actually win even better like that's yeah. the best part is like it should make a difference you know doing a bunch of half marathons and being like look i got like 30 finisher medals yeah. it's like what does that do like i i've done a lot of half marathons i won one and it was a really small one Really? But okay. damn it, I want it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, I'll never be able to say that about anything else. And I have friends who are like, oh, yeah, yeah, but that's really not racing. I'm like, you may not think it's racing, but when I go, I race. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the difference. It's a different mindset. I think it's just different. We're wired differently that way. Okay. Um, now I hear I'm going to get really uh, far off on you. We've, we've had these discussions online about, yeah, the numbers are dying. Um you say you started off um, our discussion saying that cycling was in a valley, um, and I'm talking road specifically. Where do you think this is headed? Where are we going to be in ten years? Oh, I mean, if you could guess, I mean, you'd be as pessimistic or as optimistic as you like. I don't think it's going to be as bad as it is now. 
Really? Like I actually, I think it'll get better. So, and, and you're going to ask me why I think that. And I'm just being, I was thinking about it. Yes. (laughs) Just try to have a positive attitude about things. No. Um, (laughs) I, I think it can get better. I think it, someone's going to be creative at some point. Someone way smarter than I am is just going to come in and, and come up with something that I don't know. You know, I mean, I loved stage races. I miss and, a stage. I haven't, I haven't are, been to a stage race. In, exactly. Yeah. And there are very few now. I mean, oh, there God. used to be one, like, I remember one summer, it was like 20, 2005 or something. I think we did, in seven weekends, we did six of them or something like that. Holy Just, shit. I mean, we were blown. We, yeah. we sucked by the end. You know, yeah. couldn't do anything. But it was so fun because you'd go to a different place and it yeah. was fun. And, two and, day, you know, even two days, you do a, a like a time trial on time trial. a road race on one day and then a crit on the yeah, next day or something. Yeah. so fun and 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 going back to collegiate racing that's yeah. what i loved about collegiate racing because collegiate racing it was road race tt or team time trial yeah and a crit in one weekend so you got this feeling of oh, it. oh yeah and that doesn't happen now um so something like that maybe coming back like i have this my wife and i have talked about like promoting a stage race again and we were like, oh, we should bring the missing out crit back. Oh, God. So there used to be the Ecology, <laughs> Ecology Center Classic over in Missoula. And it was cool because you'd go to Missoula. And when Missoula was like a quaint little yeah. Montana town. And, and you do this crit. And it's like you race for five laps. And then they start pulling the last person every lap. <laughs> and it was brutal. But it yeah. made the, a crit way more exciting than a crit for someone who hates crits. Like I don't like crits. Really? Just get okay. me through it. But all of a sudden I'm like, damn it, I gotta pay attention now. Yeah. You couldn't tail gun it. And bring street sprints back. So yeah. that same race had street sprints too oh, on okay. that Friday night and people would be sitting there drinking beer, watching you and go, it, go, it, go, it, go, it was go, go. it was cool. Yeah, it was yeah, like a yeah. two hundred meter street dude, a like hundred meters down, hundred meters back. Yeah. Well, maybe a little more than that. But but it's something different that would bring other people to watch it. Yeah. And then you'd actually like you look at the calendar, you'd be like, that's a different race, but it's still road racing because you still had a time trial on a road race too. Yeah. So something like that, like let's bring different in, kind of going back to what you said, let's just get off the same four corner course that yeah. we've been doing for 20 years. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I, I do see two other problems, even though I, I kind of summed up that, that subject, but I do see two other problems and, and well, the first one is, is definitely going to be, um, the elitist nature that cyclists are stigmatized with because there's a certain percentage of us who are absolute dicks. I mean, and I guess you're going to see that in every sport. I, I've met my share of triathlon dicks. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> that doesn't sound right. No. Yeah. That's, that's, I think about that. I've met my share of triathlon asshole. No. Um, <laughs> I've met my share of triathlon boobs. <laughs> there we go. Now I'm I am all of a sudden interested now you in want triathlon. To start out, yeah. Don't you? yeah. Um but there but there are a lot of jerks out there potentially ruin it for the rest of us. The guys who won't who look somebody wrong or scream at somebody in a pack situation. Um I remember that was the cat fours when we started. They were the kind of the hacks, the kind of the goofballs yeah. and you know, as morbid as it was, we'd watch the Cat 4 races, um, like at Milwaukee, Super Week, just to watch the carnage. Yeah, yeah. But, um, 
but there always seemed to be a, a percentage of people who were just mean to those kind of people. And, and I just, I, th- I still see it now and I'll see it. I'll see it. People giving me shit who are, who I know haven't been in the scene for a couple of years. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. And it's like, fuck you. I was, I was doing this stuff when you were, you know, damn kids watching cartoons and not on your fudgesicle, you little punk. Get off you know, my but, lawn. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. I know what a down tube shifter is. Exactly. I sprinted with down tubes. God, it's like you're my inner voice. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I just it, it's depressing as shit. Um, to be honest, and but, but okay, so the pretension's there, right? Yeah, the elitism is there, and that's kind of what makes the sport different too. So think about all the people you know who raced bikes for a long time and were good at it, kind of yeah. elites, or the ones that you know are now. They're all kind of dicks. Fast assholes. I you call know, them. Yeah. you know, they're just, uh, it takes a certain personality. It's a very selfish. You have to be. You yeah. have to be very selfish and kind of a jerk. And it's, un- <laughs> I mean, and, and, but, but think about it. It's like, okay, I need to get 15 to 20 hours of training in a week. So you have some kind of loved one, hopefully. Yeah. And, and you're going to be training for 15 to 20 hours a week. It's like, you're kind of a selfish asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone who's an Ironman triathlete, you know, it's even more oh, so. Oh, God, yeah. And, and I think that's why they burn out even quicker because it's like, wow, I'm a real jerk for doing yeah. this. And, and so it's 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 a, it's a personality thing. I've never – I shouldn't say never. I've met a few really nice cyclists yeah. who are like, you know, oh, my God, that guy's so nice. He's such a <laughs> – you know what I mean? Like – the kind that really make you feel like a jerk. You're yeah. like that, they're very genuine. They're very nice. But most of us have an edge to us. And, and, I, and I put myself in that category as well. I don't mean to be that way, but it's just kind of who I am. And yeah. I think that's why we kind of get drawn to the sport because it's like... <laughs> Like dissolves like, and yeah. we're like, hey, we're all a bunch of assholes. This is fine. <laughs> I'm accepted here. <laughs> it's like, it, like it, yeah, your little weird idiosyncratic things are accepted. You, being a borderline sociopath is okay in cycling and for whatever. I mean, so many people I know who race bikes, I'm like, God, they're actually probably a sociopath. Like, if, oh, we, yeah. if we brought in a psychologist, I mean, L.A. Lance, for example. Yeah. Oh God. You yeah. know, he he probably is one. And, oh, yeah. And, and and other people I know too are like that, and and it it's just it, it's a personality thing. I mean, just think about it. Think about the people yeah. you know and we've met, and you're like, oh yeah. It doesn't mean I don't like them. Yeah. It's just, but when you do get that person who's really green in the sport, and you're just like, God, you're a chump. You know, and then what happens is they they stick with it for two or three years. They get faster than you, and then you're like patting them on the back. You're like, yeah. "You're good." You remember when you would wear your helmet backwards? Yeah. And they're yeah. like, yeah, "Fuck you, dude." <laughs> you know, where were you then? You know, and it's like, "Ah, sorry, man." This yeah. the, and then they're the same way now to someone else. Like it's yeah. very rare that you take. I mean, I try to do it, but I'm not good at it. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm, okay. I don't think any. I, I don't think there's anyone out there. Who would ever be like, man, Ted, he really got me into bike racing. <laughs> you know, I, I wish that was true, but God, it's I owe that not. guy so much. Exactly. No one's going to say that about me. But Just, I still have a lot of, I have a lot of friends from cycling. Like yeah. it's, it's even people I know I could call up and count on, but none of them are going to be like, man, I got into cycling because of you. Okay. Well, you know, I, 
I actually feel a little bit better on myself about after all this because now when I'm when I'm riding when somebody rides the other way and they don't wave back, oh that pisses me. I can off. just go fuck you. That you pisses know, that, that I I actually I, I despise that. I wave at <laughs> See, every single person. I do too. I I just kind of flip the fingers off the brake. I, I lever. do something. I lift always, a hand. Yeah, yeah. I just just I try to acknowledge everyone. And around here, it's 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 not good. Like people don't even casual riders don't wave back at me, and I'm always like, "Fuck you," you know. <laughs> And, and so that's where they think we're more uh, elitist because oh, no, I wait. hey his kit matched and he flipped me off. I, I wait until they go all the way past <laughs> oh, before okay. I say. Yeah. But then I was over on the Burke Gilman in <laughs> Seattle once, and I was riding from like I don't know someplace in Seattle back out to my sister's house, and I'm like I'm gonna wave at every single person until someone waves back, yeah. and I lost count after like ninety. Really? No one over Nobody there was waved back. And I was fully kitted up in a team kit from Seattle, and I saw other guys I know yeah. race. And I'm always like, hey, hey. I'm like, wow. So then I just kind of made a thing. I'm like, I'm going to smile and yeah. wave at everyone. Sit up off the bars. Hi. And by that point, I think they're like, crazy man out yeah. of work, Gilman. Yeah. He's waving. Yeah. He's waving at people. That's not what we do here in Seattle, you know. But but yeah, no, I, I be nice to everyone Yeah, is, is my, like, yeah. I try. So racing's dying, but be nice. Um, so that's basically what we're coming out of this. <laughs> yes. We're screwed. Thanks for coming on, man. <laughs> hey, b- before I do want to go, I I, I believe, um, and I asked you if this was okay to talk about um, what you've been going through uh, recently, um, and your your dealings with with cancer. And um, first of all, just to kind of help everybody out, I mean, you know, we don't have to go too detailed, but when and what was was your diagnosis? So uh, I, I I how graphic to get here. <laughs> so so I was having issues as men in their 40s do yeah. and, and I'm like hey you got some blood coming out of a place that shouldn't be having okay. blood every once in a while and you know my doc is like that's probably hemorrhoids you know okay no deal. love talking about this now and I actually talk about it no problem too <laughs> which is really funny so um we kind of didn't do much for a while then it was getting worse and I'm like it would come and go so I didn't think anything of it and they're like oh yeah you should get a colonoscopy done you know and the, the, this is a cycling thing I mean people dealing with issues in that area too yeah, so you're probably just thinking to yourself fuck it yeah it was like I was like yeah whatever you yeah. know I'm getting no no family history okay. either in my family none that we know of so and and with my career I teach this stuff you know and so I'm, I always kind of held on to like no family history so I go and get scoped which is just an adventure oh, in itself, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I, uh, I'm like, hey, don't put me under all the way. So those of you who have not had a colonoscopy, they don't complete. Why? They don't completely knock you out. They, they use Verset and something else, and so you're just kind of in this dopey state. And then they can totally knock you out if they want. I was out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, I mean, they don't intubate you, but they, they, okay. they pretty much make it. You're just in this fog. Like they yeah. can ask you, Pat, do this, and you're out. But you're like, okay, dude. Really? You know, okay. Yeah. yeah did. <laughs> so, so, um. Uh, I'm like, yeah, you know, I kind of teach some of this stuff. I want to see it and put it in. And I'm actually like showing my finger right now. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> is hand gesturing, everybody. And, and, and I, I remember going, <laughs> well, that's not right. Oh, shit. And really? then they just they put me under because I think I probably was like something's wrong, you know. Oh, wow. So so that was uh, May 28th of 2015. My birthday is on May 29th. So oh. the, the guy the guy comes out and. And you're, I'm kind of loopy, you know, yeah. as you are when you come out. And he's like, well, 
think you have cancer. And I just started laughing because I didn't know. My, my wife is like, what are, you, what are you laughing? This isn't funny. I'm Great like, joke, Doc. I, and then you sit there for a couple weeks while they get tests ordered. And then you're just like, what the fuck? Am I going to die? Am I going to do this? Yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, stage three rectal cancer. So that's ass cancer. Okay. Basically. Oh, God. And then it was six weeks of chemo and radiation, which was pretty bad because you're getting irradiated. Yeah, in the pelvic region. Oh, so shit. not good. Um then I recovered from that and then I got hacked open once to remove the tumor and then uh had a complication so I had to get hacked open again four weeks oh, later. God. So I ended up hospital stay three hospital stays, two surgeries, twenty six days in the hospital. Lost is this too much detail? No, uh, okay. not for so, yeah. so so then I, I think I lost thirty five pounds. So I went from like one sixty five at time of diagnosis down to one hundred and twenty nine pounds. Shit, I'm six one. I made Chris Froome look fat. Like it was <laughs> disgusting. Like I get out of the shower and see the mirror, and I'm like, oh my god, this is terrible. Really? I tell my wife, and I'm like, God, I just look horrible. She's like, you look great. I'm like, no, I don't. I look terrible. Later on, she's like, yeah, well, what am I supposed to say? You yeah. look like shit. <laughs> I'm worried you're going to blow over, you know? And, and so then I took, it was a long recovery after that because I had a MRSA infection too. I mean, you name it. Holy what, shit. What could have gone wrong did go wrong, you know? And and I just tried to stay positive, which was tough at times. Yeah. And um, there's a there's a guy, Jim Brown, who is the founder of rad racing yeah. over in the um uh, in western washington legend and he has stage four lung cancer so he started calling me and he's like dude you gotta pull through you know you gotta have a better attitude and and jim now i mean they're like you they were telling jim you know you have six months to live yeah. and he's now gone through 30 plus chemos and he's still living he's still living life so i really kind of looked at him and i'm like all right he's got stage four he's got like inoperable stuff like really bad and he's pulling through. I'm like, you can do it too. So then, from last January through July or into July, it was 12 rounds of chemo. So it was chemo every two weeks, and that chemo would last for 48 hours. So I'd wear a fanny pack with like chemicals getting pumped into me, and it was pretty terrible. Yeah, actually, I mean, chemo was easier than the surgeries and all that because that stuff. I lost so much weight because I couldn't. I literally couldn't eat for weeks on end, and God. just wasted away. So I got yeah. Yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Well, you were, but you were doing races, running races. I was participating, but you were running. Yeah, well, and I was running very slowly. So, so it was in, and it was January first last year. I mean, my wounds won't even heal, and I'm yeah. like, I got to do something. So I went out January first last year. I'm like, Allison, this is time. I got, I got to start. And she's like, All right, you're gonna do like a mile. I'm like, No doing three miles she's like that seems like a lot and i'm like i'm like i fucking ran the boston marathon last year i'm like how much did i lose you know i mean like how much you know i've been fit oh my god we go out there (laughs) we got our garments on i look down i'm like i haven't used my garment in months you know because i've been injured i'm like there's no way we're doing like a 12 minute mile are we and she's like i'm sorry we are i was like oh shit i am bad bad off you know and I just started sobbing. I'm like, oh my God, really? this is terrible. This is terrible. So, so we, yeah, we go out and we did like three miles and then I just slowly kept doing it. I'm like, gotta stay active, gotta stay active. Yeah. So, and um, through chemo, like at one point, the beginning of chemo was healthy. I was healthier. 
Um, and then you just start getting beaten down. But at one point I actually ran like 14 miles after like my Holy fourth shit. chemo treatment. I ran a half marathon yeah. and people are like, well, what are you doing it for? You know, I'm trying to prove a point. I'm like, no, I'm staying active. Like the more active you are, the better you are. So I made a, it was like my thing to number one goal every day, do something, whether it was walk the dogs or run or something <clears throat> due to the nature of my surgery. I wasn't riding much, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but but I had to do something, and that my oncologist is like, the more you do, the better you'll be. Yeah. So it was like, you know, number one, do something that day. And everyone, you know, some people are like, you're trying to prove something. I'm like, no, I'm just trying to live because yeah. you get really bad neuropathy, so your hands tingle, you can't feel them. Really. <clears throat> so I'd be running sometimes, couldn't really feel my feet. Oh wow. You know, and started going to acupuncture, but as the chemo progressed, I started getting worse. Like you could see, like I got faster, started getting some strength back. And then as the chemo kept coming, I just kept getting beat down. And by the end it was a wreck. So, so yeah, but I had to stay active. Like that was the thing. It was like, just hold on. But it's really hard to go from, I was never a fast runner, but to go from, yeah, I can run a 315, 310 marathon to, I can't even do like a half an hour it takes me half an hour to do a 5k wow you know so i did did uh one of the local 5ks in february last year and i'm running and i'm just seeing people like twice the size of me passing (laughs) oh my god and they had no you know they don't know who you are and what your story is yeah i i mean i publicize the story to my friends i don't really put it out there my friends are like oh you should write a book i'm like on what you know i'm like this isn't really (laughs) that exciting and and uh And they're like, yeah, but this is inspiring. I'm like, oh, fuck, man. I hate that. I hate it. My wife and I actually got a fight about this once. I'm like, I hate when everyone tells me inspiring. She's like, it is inspiring. I'm like, oh, no, it's not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And should we go back and forth? What do you that... want me to call it? It's not about the bike? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not trying to be inspiring. I'm just trying. I'm trying to show, number one, like, it's not death. Yeah. Like, you can do stuff. And number two, I knew the more I did, the laying on a couch for months, which is what I had to do, is terrible. I don't know how people do it. Like I really don't. And, and to, yeah. anyway, so it's not a part of the DNA. So yeah. yeah, and it really so just to do something, but to go from semi-competitive to the slowest person out there was just such a tough pill to I swallow. Bet. Yeah, I mean that that I just really had to check the ego, and uh, <laughs> I have no, and which is great because now I have no more, and I have a whole new appreciation for back of the pack people. Okay. Like, Really? In multi-sports, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> like, I get it more now, yeah. you know, and, yeah. I, and I get why people do things. And before I'd be like, if you're not racing, it doesn't matter. No, 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 no. Everyone has really? a story. Yeah. And, and now I actually appreciate that because I've been in that position and I feel like a total ass because I wasn't always as supportive of those types of people. And now I totally understand it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and then, it's humble that was very humbling too it's like wow i've kind of been a jerk now in cycling i think it's important to be a jerk (laughs) i was gonna say you're doubling back on yourself (laughs) doubling back on yourself but 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 yeah so i mean it's been it's been a a a long i mean i'm never you know i'm always gonna be looking over my shoulder with it it's not like a one and done thing but uh hopefully it is but you you hear people saying how obviously it's a it's such a dramatic life event um and that it you know and i don't want to over romanticize or anything like that but how it changes 
your perspective. It changes oh, who you are. It changes where you're going from now on out. It's so cheesy, but it's so true. Really? Like it's yeah. a complete cliche, but it's so true because they cliche can't, for a reason. But yeah, 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 yeah. And they, but it can't help but be that way now. It's like, oh, you know, when I when I wake up and have a shitty day, and I'm like, well, you know, dude, you've had worse days, <laughs> and you've gotten through this. But I also, when I was going through it, I talked to people and 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 uh to most people now i don't do a good job with my wife because she, sometimes she's just like dude can you let me have a problem and not bring yours up i'm like god <laughs> so oh yeah right. you know? oh yeah well yeah. guess yeah. what yeah. i'm like you don't have cancer <laughs> and she's like really you right. but but i and i with her with my loved ones i wasn't as good as that but with other like some of my friends are like oh dude i got this going on it's really dumb. but it's nothing like what you have and i was like no Actually, that's a big deal for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had a friend who crashed and broke his leg, and he's like, that really sucks, man. I'm laid up. Can't do this. Can't do But he's like, it's nothing like what you're going through. And I'm like, well, but that's your problem. You yeah. Know? And I'm like, and we all have our problems, and we need to hold on to them. Now, when your problem is, like, your kid is the goalie, and he got shelled at a game, it's like, that's not a problem. It's <laughs> just, you know, so, so, so I also do get jaded when some people are like, oh, man, yeah. I got this horrible problem. It's this. I'm like, that's not a problem. Yeah, you're not getting your favorite parking spot is not a problem. Yeah, you know, you not getting one percent instead of two percent is not a problem. You know, <laughs> they you, fucked up my coffee. Drink. You thinking you're gluten intolerant is not a problem. <laughs> you know, that's bold. you're creating a problem for yeah. yourself that doesn't exist. You know, yeah. so that that kind of but but yeah, no, I totally look at total new perspective really? on everything, and it sounds so cheesy, and it's like so I did one bike race in 2015 and it was halfway through radiation oh, and i was shit. like i gotta get out there and do it so we went out to like spokane raceway right yeah somebody attacked and i'm like well this is what i used to do so i went with him. <laughs> bridged up to him the guy like flips his elbow and i just went backwards <laughs> and got lapped so I, it was like this kind of thing it was like i had to do one more race yeah because i didn't know like things got really bad for a while and i'm like i gotta race my bike one more time but yeah but uh it was, it, what was my point? I had a point. Oh, but it was the perspective of at least I could get out there and yeah. do it, you know. And when I did my first cross race this winter or this past fall, I got shelled, like yeah. really shelled. But I was like, okay, I can do this. Whereas in the past, I wouldn't have even shown up, yeah. you know. Now it's like, okay, I can do this. So, yeah, perspective. Well, yeah, okay. Well, coming from the guy who the running joke has been when you lap Pat Bulger in a cross yes. race, but you're in smack him in the ass. Um, I, I'm pretty sure uh, you were like still dealing with all this and you were still riding away from these. Something. Well, that, that's the, 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 so I have no excuse. The type of cancer I had takes like five to 10 years to develop. So it's like I'm, I, oh, I now give people shit. I'm like, yeah, I did that on cancer. Cancer when that happened, you know, and then I was my family went on a trip. All of us got together, extended family, and and I'm like, well, I got cancer. They're like, dude, don't use that anymore. They were like, so they're sick and they're like, yeah, no, really. nope, you're done with chemo. You don't have cancer anymore. I'm like, I don't know that, but it's like <laughs> you never know. You never know. You should probably get me a beer. But 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 it, but yeah, the perspective of it, and I hope like that, like what I tell people about, it's like puts yeah. things in perspective for them yeah. too, like. It can always be worse. And I used to think it was like, you know, oh my God, this went terribly wrong today. It's like, dude, it can always be worse. Yeah. And now I know it. Now I live. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Well, I, basically, we came out of this as you're a better person, but cycling's fucked. 
is is basically yeah unfortunately right now but i think we should not give up on it okay like that's that's the thing and you know you 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 need to support the local scene i'm not saying you need to show up and do races i know you're done but but i think there is a local scene that needs to be supported and everyone has these local scenes yeah we didn't even get into like the weeknight racing versus the weekend racing but well that has been yeah i think that has to do with what we were saying earlier with johnny has yeah yeah. is out of school so you can't race on the weekends anymore we're going to the lake yeah exactly and i think i think and that used to irritate me now i'm like all right just do it just race your bike just get out there. just get out and do it because it's good so so yeah i mean you've had a lot of great guests on lately pat and then you end up with me well you know um (laughs) sorry Sorry, people. You're, he's, but I, I, okay. I, I want listeners to chime in because they do. I get emails and shit from <laughs> listeners, and they will tell me that you are probably far more coherent than Alexa Graywall. Oh, did you have him on once? Oh God, he's yeah. Look back in the files. Oh yeah. God, yeah. he was my hero. Alexi's like, great guy. When he's I was, just, he when, sounds like he smoked a carton of cigarettes. Well, he probably did. He probably, <laughs> or opium. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> he's but a great he, guy. So, but when I was when I was a kid, when I was a junior, he was my hero. Yeah, because he was the the he's a bad boy. He was the bad boy. Yeah. the guy with so much talent. Yeah, and and Lamond like you know <laughs> got all the respect cause, as as he should have because he delivered. Yeah, unlike and but Alexi had that 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 talent. Yeah, I I thought he was great. His his brother was a great racer too, Rishi. Yeah, he Rishi was, and Ranjit. Great. All three of them yeah. were good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, Ran. But he was more mountain bike, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but. But yeah, no, he was Alexi was great. <laughs> you had one of my favorite. Um, you're like he's trying to he's trying to punch the no, button. No, I'm not he's hitting gonna, the button. Um, I'm just no. Uh, uh, oh, and I remember him when he was a bike racer. He, he does the announcing now. You had him on like five years. Freeze? Ago. No, Richard Freeze? No, he'd be good. Did you have? Him? I've had Freeze on. Uh, yeah. No. Um, he, he does not, announcing. Now? Yeah, on TV. One of a guy. It. it uh, uh, on 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 American broadcast, yeah, yeah. Fuck, he was like the new guy who came up. It'd be him and oh, Gogo, Todd Gogo. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was one of my favorite podcasts, man. That was Todd's like, a good guy. That was like five or six years ago. Todd's been a friend him. of the family. He stayed at our house in the old races. He, and so, stuff, but so. he, I remember when he was a bike racer. So when yeah. Gogolski started coming back on, I can't believe it. so that's chemo brain, man. My brain still isn't. Back on. <laughs> but um, when he started announcing, I was like, "Who's this guy?" And yeah. I'm like, "I know who he is." Yeah, I'm like. This shows that I know more about bike racing than you, you jackass. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Because I've been around, I've been around that long. Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, he, he he's he was a great guest. Yeah. You know, so yeah. yeah. Well, I've got him, Mara Abbott. You mentioned her uh-huh. earlier. She and I are in kind of conversation. Oh, that'd so be... I, I shouldn't say this on the podcast because now she's not going to come on and yeah. I will sound like I'm more full of shit than I normally am. So she wrote something like right after uh the Olympics. Oh it God! It was really well crafted. I didn't quite like the writing style, but my wife absolutely loved it. She's, really? she's like, "This is great!" Like how she got caught and everything. Oh, you should look for that piece before okay. she gets on, or I'll try to help you find the it. The most oh, it was epic it was moment. that was great. And how about the? Uh, and we can go after this. You watch <laughs> you watch Worlds, the cyclocross. I did Worlds. watch Worlds, and what a great uh, the women's. Oh my God, the women's race was like the, the best most. Race smartest lead out I've ever seen in my entire life. Do you think that was intentional that she actually hit, uh, slowed down? No. Okay, because the announcers were going apeshit. They were saying she kind of took it easy going up that final rise before making the turn into the sprint. Yeah, yeah. Because she knew that um, Marianne Voss yeah. had, had a faster top end, but she didn't have the acceleration. Yeah, I... I, I would love that to be the excuse because so it sounded brilliant. We didn't... 
we just watched the feeds. We didn't even get to see the announcers or anything. Oh, okay. It was just like early because we were up early to do that stupid running race. And and <laughs> and, uh, and and we watched it. We were like, it was actually one of the best things to watch before you go and do an event because oh yeah, that race just in general was just awesome. Yeah. Like like the, we've watched a couple of women's women's cyclocross races this year have just been amazing. Some of the best races Shit. I've seen. And then that Olympic road race too. It, oh, even, as heart wrenching as it was, it was still a great race. Like. And and so yeah, the best races I've seen this year have been women cycling. So, and that is a whole other topic within itself. I, I had your wife on a long time yeah, ago. You yeah. were there, and we yeah. talked about women cycling. And I'm I'm so glad to see it. At least I hope this isn't just a temporary thing. No, I think this yeah. is really. They just need to get paid. Yeah, because they're not getting Shit, paid. Yeah. yeah, but you know, no one is. Yeah, and Greg LeMond is the only Tour de France winner ever, according to Greg LeMond. <laughs> Greg's not coming on anytime soon. You can bash Greg, although he might sue us. Thanks, man. Thanks oh, for Pat, coming on. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks, bud. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 